Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Tracy Enos, who is an endorsed top LinkedIn advisor. Tracy, how you doing? I'm doing great, Timothy. How are you? Do you like you like to be called Tim or Timothy? Timmy, actually. Timothy. Timmy. Oh, Timmy! I like it even better, and that's awesome. that is so Christmas too. <laughs> Yes. Awesome. Well, we'd like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm a, uh, I live in Kansas City. I'm a Californian transplant. So I grew up in, in uh, the middle of the, of, of the state in San Jose. <clears throat> and I, um, I grew up right smack in the middle of city limits. And that's when we still had farms. My next door neighbor had horses. They had a big old barn. We used to go eat dog food in the barn, you know, and then <laughs> that's when dog food was good <laughs> back then. <laughs> um, but then it, it turned into a concrete jungle. And my parents are originally from Iowa. So we spent a lot of time in the Midwest coming back to see family, big farm family. And I just love the Midwest. And so I'm here in KC. And uh, no, I'm not a Chiefs fan. So you're all going to, going to, kick me for that. I'm still a Raiders fan. Just because I changed my geography um, doesn't mean I changed my team. So there we go. <laughs> but uh, because I grew up with horses, that's still what I love to do. I love to ride horses, um, hang around the horses. They're just wonderful creatures. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. And tell us about what you do being a LinkedIn advisor. What does that entail? Well, um, it's not something that I set out to be <laughs> as a career. It uh, kind of like, it, it just came in quite by accident. Actually, I got laid off twice in four years from corporate America. First time with National City Bank. I was a loan officer for one of the largest um, retail banks in the country that did home loans. And then um, four years later in 2012, I got laid off again from corporate America um, when I was making a healthy six figures working as a field regional manager for a nutrition company. And we, um, we promoted their products in the Sam's and Costco's across the country. So I was in charge of seven states and 83 stores, getting all the demo people hired and trained and made sure that they made sales because their sales depended on my, my commission. I made commission too. So, you know, we made salary plus commission. So it was nice to be able to have good promoters in our store. So, um, and then I got laid off from them in November of 2012. And I'm a single mom and I didn't know what I was going to do. And it was, you know, I had been, I had a side gig, like a lot of people now, you know, they're like, okay, the pandemic hit. What am I going to do? I got laid off. Maybe some of you already had a side gig and turned it into a full-time gig. I had a side gig because I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. And so my sister who started her own um, ad agency or her freelance, she did all the graphics for it. Um, she too had a very similar experience with corporate America. And so she started her own company back in the eighties and uh, she encouraged me to start my own digital marketing agency. 
And so that was born like the first part of February or February of 2013. I was legal. (laughs) I got my LLC and everything like that. But um, yeah, so I started doing what still people do is build websites, reputation marketing, Google maps, all that fun stuff. And I freaking hated it. Every single bit of it It is a lot of work, a lot of fulfillment. I love selling it. I just didn't like doing the work. And so, um, I mean, it was just hard here in Kansas City just to get people in my own backyard to do business with me. And so I turned to LinkedIn because that's how I found my job for the the position um, with the nutrition company. So I turned to LinkedIn. And so I started playing in LinkedIn and I found clients over in Philadelphia and Houston. And then I started getting clients in Canada. And then I started getting referrals and clients overseas. And that's how the business was born. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. And in your business, do you mainly help people design their profiles? Do you teach them how to post quality content, increase engagement? Like what of those? All the above. Mm. But I will say the one thing that we don't really teach hardcore is the content side of things. LinkedIn has made a lot of changes to their algorithm. They've gone, they're trying to uh, draw in the younger crowd. Um, I'm, you know, I'm in my fifties. So, you know, the, the people in their, you know, late thirties, forties into their sixties were really the people that adopted LinkedIn at first and are still using it like the way we're using it today and the way we teach it. I think content comes later. Um, I think after you've built up a connections and you've built up a campaign, that's kind of working almost on semi autopilot. And then start bringing the content in. You always need content, though, because people want to see that. They want to see who you are as a company. They want to see who you are as people. They want to see the faces behind the company, right? Because people do business with people that they like, that they feel like they know and that they can trust, right? Like if you go down and if you're, let's say, you're every few years, you go and buy a luxury car, right? Or you ask and you've got a, a group of friends and they want the same kind of car that you have. Do you go, I'm just going to go down to the Lexus dealer? No, you're going to go, I got a guy. I'll hook you up with my guy, right? Because you know, I can trust that person. So you're dealing with that person. Yes, you're purchasing a Lexus, but at the same time, you know, you're, you've got somebody that you can trust that knows what you like, knows what you need, you know, and you can trust to get you, you know, what you want and for a good price. And so it's the same thing that's similar with LinkedIn. It's building that relationships with LinkedIn. And, you know, we've got this new group of younger kids that have taken the Instagram and the TikTok posts and, you know, and I'm not saying they're not going viral on LinkedIn. They are. But if you're in a serious business, you really got to develop relationships. Just because a post goes viral does not mean dollar signs. Like I've had clients with as little as 10 likes on a post that will land, you know, $2,500, $3,000 coaching, you know, programs, you know, just because of a post, because it resonated with their audience. You don't need to have, you know, the hundreds or the thousands of likes and views in order for, you know, you to make a great business off content. But we don't start there. We start with foundation work. And I think that's key for any marketing campaign, regardless of whether it's LinkedIn, email, or any other social platform is that profile. And I think people don't take the time to sit down and really develop the profile that is not only client facing, you know, who's your client? What do you do for them? How do you do it? How are you different than the competition? And what kind of results can they expect working with you? But also the human side, it's a personal profile. It is not, everybody's calling it now. I'm hearing the new thing, mini website. 
Uh, trust me, I've said that word <laughs> every once in a while too. But it it is a little bit, <clears throat> but it's it's got to be more like of a story. You got to show people results. You've got to show people who you are. You know, this is not just you know what your client or your company is. Who are you? Who's you know Timmy behind the brand, right? How did you get started? And you know why do you like doing what you're doing today? Who is it that you're helping? You know, and then of course you know you've got to add in any, some of your personal stuff, like publications, whether you wrote them or somebody wrote them about you, or it could even be an article you wrote on LinkedIn. What about organizations you support, volunteer work? How about projects that you are particularly proud of that you've worked on or that you are a part of, right? And so I think people, they neglect filling out the rest of these sections because they think they're not important. And trust me, I don't know how many companies I've done business with because they've scrolled through my profile down to the bottom where they've seen, you know, I don't have traditional college experience. Yes, I do have college with Sacramento State and a couple other colleges, but I didn't graduate, but I didn't add them. But my put my non-traditional college in there or education in there. And part of it was my military experience. You know, and that's right there. That's a likable factor. Because if somebody messages you in your inbox and says, hey, I see you were in the Navy, guess what? That wall is down. And now you have perceived trust and likability immediately, right? But what if I hadn't put that in there? Could have yeah. missed an opportunity, right? Oh, yeah. So yeah. I, think, I think that's where it starts. <clears throat> One last thing, too, is I don't think people realize is LinkedIn's a search engine. So you got to sit down and, you know, decide what are the keywords that your prospects are typing in to find the solutions that they need to their problems and then get those keywords in your profile. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, tell us a bit more about your motivation. What gets you up and keeps you going every day, both with your business, but just in life in general. Um, I have my two youngest boys. They are um, we've, we had, um, a very tough time growing up since the war 13 years ago. Now my youngest just graduated high school, thankfully, cause it was a full year of virtual learning, <laughs> which really sucked at a four Oh kid. And he was struggling, you know? And so the last, some of his classes online <clears throat> anyway. So, um, and then I have my 21 year old and, and they live here in Kansas city with me. And, you know, I talk to them every single day. They are the reason I get up in the morning. I love that. I love and there's that. Rotten Rottweiler behind me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. No, family is so important. And I love that you are close to your sons. That is amazing. Well, awesome. Let's jump into your dreams and goals now. Tell us about your goals for your business, but also your dreams and vision for the rest of your life, both inside and outside of the business. Well, uh, let's see, that was two part question. So dreams and goals for my business. Yep. Go okay. So um, we, a few years ago, we launched like a digital course, but and it, it did okay, but I didn't really promote it. Now I'm seeing since uh, LinkedIn back in May of 2020, they uh, put out a stat in one of their emails to me that said in the first 60 days of the pandemic, the engagement on the platform increased 55% over all of 2019. And that got me thinking, you know, I, I mean, I typically work with, you know, high six figure to eight figure or more earners, 
but there's a lot of folks out there that, you know, maybe can't afford, you know, some of those services and maybe they could have a little bit more time than they do money. So we're starting to implement um, some digital courses with one coming out in a couple of weeks, but we're not going to, we're not doing it in a sense like everybody else has done it before where we're just going to overwhelm you with everything LinkedIn because LinkedIn in itself, the platform in itself is overwhelming as it is. And trust me, you don't need to use everything that LinkedIn has to offer and make a good, healthy six figures just using LinkedIn. Um, and so we're going to take it bit by bit. And so the first piece is the foundation work. We're going to cover the profile. I have a 30 point checklist now. We've updated it in the last couple of days. We went from 28 to 30. Um and so we have that. Um, and then we're, of course, we're going to build the training all the way around it. We're going to have a lot of cool bonuses to get you going before the next sex, the next thing is ready to go. Okay. My profile's done. Now what? We'll have some bonus trainings and stuff in there, um, in, including our 12 month Q&A, Ask Tracy Anything, um, to get you going and jump started till the next course comes out. So that's what we're working on. Um, and then we're working on going from a private um, coaching model, which we'll still do that, but we'll be very selective to more of a group coaching model so that we can help more folks. So that's our goals for 2022. Awesome. So really getting that 30 point checklist out there with the course to right. hit the general public, as well as switching from private coaching to more group coaching. Correct. Yes, absolutely. So we just want to help more people. Um, I did a, when that statistic came out i'm sales navigator that's linkedin's prospecting tool for those of you who don't know that um it's really great I and mean, i've had it for six years now um i went in and one of the filters in sales navigator is you can filter anywhere from the last 30 days up to six months of you know how many people have joined linkedin and of course you can you know refine it further with by country or city or whatever but i just did the whole world all 200 countries it was over 3 million people in 90 days or the 60 days that I put in there. Three million people worldwide joined LinkedIn in May of 2020. That's crazy numbers. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? We, we want to help more people. And that's what our goal is. And then make it affordable for everybody. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I was about to ask. Um, so I'm starting off coaching. I actually prospect on LinkedIn. Crazy. That Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So I might be... Uh, um, keying in to your group coaching as it gets rolled out. But I guess my question was, you said you primarily work with high six figure to seven figure, eight figure earners. Mm -hmm. um, at what point in your journey did you learn to like justify those prices? I feel like for a lot of entrepreneurs, they can like undervalue their services. So tell us well, about that. And I did the very same thing when I first started because Look, I was new on the block <laughs> and like nobody knew. I mean, people locally knew me, but I went from digital marketing to now being a LinkedIn consultant because those clients that I found for digital marketing services started asking me, hey, what are you doing? Can you do it for us? You know, what is this LinkedIn thing, right? Then I had a mentor of mine tell me that I needed to fire all my local marketing clients and just start write a book and start LinkedIn consulting. Well, I started consulting right away, but the book didn't come out till three years later. Um, but even then, I still got clients. And so I just didn't feel that I was worthy of whatever I was pricing my services at. And it was so undervaluing myself. Trust me, if you think about it, whether you have been in the trenches and you're doing it yourself and you're learning or you bought a course and you've learned 
um, or you just learned by doing over the years, you know, 90% more than the people you're going to be coaching. Mm. Right. And yeah. so that's what people like some people, they balk at my prices because either they don't see the value or they can't afford it. And I say, look, I have a, I've been 10 years on LinkedIn. I have a master's degree in LinkedIn. You know what that would cost if you went to a traditional college to get a master's in marketing? Yeah. hundred grand more, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then I have years of experience. So it's not just getting the master's. It's the years of being in the trenches and understanding what worked five years ago, what worked six months ago, what's not working last week <laughs> is, you know, <clears throat> so when you know these things, um, you should be paid for that expertise and that knowledge, right? Yeah. You know, what you're doing is you are reducing their learning curve by months, years, weeks, months, years, right? So you no, should be paid. You should be paid for that. So last year, <clears throat> um, we our profile makeovers were at a pretty decent price. We weren't the most expensive, and we weren't the cheapest, but we were the most thorough. I will say that. That's how I differentiate myself from my competition. Um, and then <clears throat> I joined a networking group, and this young lady, I, I call her young because that's just us ladies call each other young. Um, I, you know, we got to talking for about an hour and she's brilliant. She's on Bloomberg radio all the time. She calls herself the blue collar millionaire consultant. <laughs> and so she's in the financial world, as you can tell. She goes, Tracy, you need to raise your prices like a thousand bucks for profile makeovers. And I was like, okay, we're right in the middle of a pandemic. If I raise my prices, nobody's going to buy my stuff. And I was freaking out. Well, this was in November of last year. And guess what? I raised my prices and I stuck to my guns. And that's when I started working with more of a higher caliber client because they saw the value and they weren't balking at the price. So, you know, um, that one piece of advice, I'm going to tell you, you know, I should have paid her $10,000, you know, it was just amazing. And, and because it got me a higher caliber client, that doesn't mean I still don't work with some capacity with the clients that I had prior to that. Um, and that's another reason why we decided to, you know, um, do a, something a little different or add on to the company or to the business. Trust me, I'm comfortable doing what I'm doing. I just now want to help more people. And, and eventually it'll get me out of private coaching, which is very time consuming, by the way. And yeah. it's, it's not scalable by any means. So, <laughs> <laughs> now that the boys are out, you know, my son, uh, he left me an empty, both of them empty nester. My youngest decided to go hang with his dad because mom has rules. And um, <laughs> my 21 year old decided he was going to fly the coop and get himself an apartment in downtown KC, which it's perfect. He's four blocks from all the fun, you know, all that, all the bars and all the good fun. So good for him. So this gives me a little bit more time to work on some, um, some of the things I want to do in the future. So, um, you know, future stuff eventually, I mean, at some point, um, I'd like to create the business that I could either sell um, or just be at a, you know, a smaller at a smaller capacity over the next few years. Um, I think as an entrepreneur, you should have more than one income stream. And so um, I've always been told that I should write a book and I have a, a very interesting story starting from birth. And when I was, um, when I got burned in 2015, the the light bulb came on, didn't come on right away. Not till after about a year, year and a half later, 
um, it was LinkedIn, the foundation I, I created in LinkedIn that saved my career and saved my business. And I went and um, I spoke at, if anybody was listening here, knows who Dan Kennedy is, um, one of the most famous marketers out there. Um, I was invited to speak at on his stage in Cleveland in October of 2017. And um, remember I told you about that mentor that told me that, um, that I should start a LinkedIn consulting business and fire all my clients. Yep. Well, right after those burns, he hit me up on Facebook of all places, not LinkedIn, but Facebook on my business page. He says, Hey, are you still doing that LinkedIn thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I called him and he was my client for over three years. And uh, he told me I needed to start telling my story. And that's where I think, you know, People are, when they, when we talk about doing their profiles, kind of tell their story. What, what is it about you? Why would somebody want to work with you? Because when you draw somebody in on the project you worked on, organizations volunteer your story and how you got where you're here today and why you're helping those people that you're helping, that draws people in. Just like a great, you know, infomercial when you can't sleep at two o'clock in the morning, then you go buy that thing because that infomercial was so darn good, right? <laughs> so. By the way, Dan Kenny's responsible for a lot of those multi, multi-million dollar infomercials <laughs> anyway. So, um, so I did, and it was the hardest thing that I had to do is people don't like to talk about themselves. Oh, sure. We do when we're having a few drinks at the bar or we're at some chamber of commerce meeting or some, you know, other business networking meeting, we talk about ourselves all the time and we should be listening and asking questions about the person we're talking to, but when you tell a story and you're on stage and you draw people in, it's a lot easier to sell people on whatever it is that you're selling. And um, I did. And I had people in the front row crying. I had men crying in the front row. I got messages upon messages in LinkedIn after that event about, you know, people who weren't able to come up and talk to me afterwards. And then it netted me. Um, I think I walked out of there with over 20 because I was on bonus days. So it was only like out of the 400 people that were at the event, 60 people showed up because they had other bonus day meetings going on same time mine was. And I think I made $20,000 first time I'd ever sold from stage ever, never sold from stage ever, ever, ever. And after that, those clients turned into done for you clients, not just coaching clients. Mm. And some of those stayed two, three, four years. And then the book that, um, I don't know if you can see it behind me, this LinkedIn Publishing to Profits, I pre-sold that before I went on stage so I could say I was a best-selling author, because I was, and went number one in two countries in 30 hours with this book, and it stayed number one for over a year and a half, and I think a couple of weeks ago, I'm still number in top 10 in one of the categories. Um, I'm still getting royalties from that book, even though it's out of date. That book has made me well into the six figures, podcast interviews, speaking gigs, clients from overseas because they bought the book. You know, it's, it's really interesting. I'm not saying everybody has to write a book in order for that to happen. Um, trust me, it was not the easiest thing I've done, <laughs> but I know more now than I knew back then I can, I'm working on a second book. So, you know, those things, you know, those are things that are happening today, but the burns, the story with the burns, um, when I was on the plane ride home, the light bulb turned on 
and say, cause I don't like, what am I going to write about? What am I going to call the, what's the name of the book? You know, how am I going to monetize it? And it's called rock my scars because I had five surgeries in nine months because of that third degree burns. And I've got scars, physical ones that uh, put me down for a good year or so clinically depressed. I had anxiety that I'd never had before. I gained 60 pounds. I became a hermit and my kids were active. I got a four-year cheerleader, varsity cheerleader. I got a basketball player. I didn't want to be seen in public, but, and every time I had to go in public to their events, I just cringe, yeah. you know, because I, and my business was conducted behind a screen. No one had to see my face or my scars or anything like that. So that's the next, the next level where I'm going is, I don't know how I'm going to monetize it yet, but I've been talking to some writers that will help me write. And some people that I can, we call it piggybacking off of like other affiliate programs, like about relationship programs and healing programs and things like that, where I can drive people through maybe my speaking engagements and things like that through my story and drive them to these programs. And then I'll make a passive income. Yeah. Off yeah. Of this. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's awesome. Are there any other dreams or goals that you want to touch on? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, I want to take my boys on a vacation that I've never been able to take them on for years and years and years. And so, um, and that would be overseas. And so we're going to, the boys and I are going to pick a spot. We're going to get our passports when this pandemic thing thingamajig is over. <laughs> And we're going to go have fun. So Fiji, maybe Bali. Um, I found out during the pandemic that I'm 44% Irish and there's a town named after my family in Ireland. So we might go there. I think that would be a fun family trip too. Yeah. And then, awesome. then of course I want, you know, the, the girl has to have the hot Ferrari. So I'm just kidding. I don't want a Ferrari. <laughs> Awesome. Well, tell us a bit more about the burns and how you got them and what really brought you out of that dark time of, you know, depression and just being down physically. The burns happen on July 7th on a Tuesday morning at 530 a.m. in 2015. Boy, I knew that down to like the day and the time and everything. And I was getting back into the gym and I was an aspiring fitness competitor, which by the way, I'm working back to being again, because I never made it to stage because of injury. Um, <clears throat> it's a long process. Trust me. <clears throat> Sorry to be so froggy. Um, and so um, six days in the burn unit, I'm doped up on morphine. Um, I didn't take, they didn't give me lorazepam yet because I hadn't had the panic attack yet. Um, morphine, oxycodone, hydrocodone, I don't know, one of those odones. <laughs> and they were, and they were, <clears throat> they were um, stacking them like every couple hours just to keep me, you know, keep me from being in so much pain. And I get a phone call, I think my second day in, sometime in the early afternoon. I answered the phone, shouldn't have done that because it wasn't somebody I knew. Not, I mean, I knew them, but I didn't know them. And they're like, well, um, we'd like to hire you, you know, to coach our group. I closed a coaching contract for $3,000 doped up on morphine. <laughs> I do not recommend anybody do that. Yep. 
but um, you know, it's, it's the foundation that I'd built in LinkedIn prior to this traumatic event that kept my business going. And when you have a hot pot of boiling pasta water come flying at you because it didn't make it to the colander because the colander should have been in the sink, not on top of dirty dishes that were in the sink. And I didn't make it in time because I was just trying not to burn my bare feet. And in doing so, doing that, I didn't make it and it all came back at me. And this wasn't little pot. This was one of those like two quart pots, the big pots. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, so, yeah. Wait, I'm a little confused that what happened. The pot exactly. is like like the one of those the bigger pots, not the big big ones, but I think they call it a two quart pot. So I was making pot uh, round rice pasta for the week, okay. is what I was doing. And so I was meal prepping, is what gotcha. I was doing at five thirty in the morning, and um, I got tired of brown rice, so I made um, brown pasta. But it was the first time I ever made it, and I put too much water in it, and they got bigger than I expected because it wasn't regular pasta. And so it was overflowing kind of. So freak accident lasted all of probably a couple seconds. I mean, in my mind, I'm looking at it, I'm visualizing it in slow-mo, but literally it went to go pour it and it hit the colander and came back at me. And I had second degree burns on my hand. You can't see in the video, the difference between the two, maybe not, I can, but um, I had first degree burns all the way up my right arm. Um, I had first degree and secondary burns. I had secondary degree burns through my yoga pants and my boyfriend's t-shirt at the time, which was like a dress on me. The sleeves came down to here, down to my elbow. And cause you know, girls like to wear boys clothes cause a lot more comfortable than our clothes. We borrow your clothes all the time. But I ended up, all of that went down my left and all this was second degree burns at one time. And I got thrown into a shower of cold water for about 20 minutes, as long as I could stand it to stop the burns and got dressed in, in uh, dry clothes and went to the ER, got driven to the ER and they were just cutting up just uh, and like almost instantaneously, there was just everything turned into bubbles like bubbles you could tell that it was really I kind of freaked out my youngest son because I showed him my hand and the bubbles would go in like this and he was like "Ooh, that's gross (laughs) (laughs) sometimes you gotta laugh right and so um so the doctor told me to um he thought I might have a small third degree burn underneath my arm but he wasn't quite sure yet Uh, he couldn't clean up everything because I had I still had the uh, the, uh, blisters on there. And so he says, go talk to your, you know, give it a few days and then, you know, call your doctor well, this is on a Tuesday. And I called, <clears throat> I called my doctor on Thursday. I'll tell you what he should have told me. This is what my primary care told me. Call him on Thursday. She says, well, they're not in the offices on Friday. I'd forgotten all about that. She goes, I can get you in on, uh, Monday. And I was like, okay, what else am I going to do? Right. They've got me all wrapped up. They've got me on, you know, some pain meds and stuff. And I get in there on Monday morning and the doctor unwraps it. And she looks at me in horror and her eyes got really big. She goes, how come he didn't send you to the burn unit? This Tracy, this is serious. He's like, you could have had an infection and that's third degree burns under your arm. 
I get it. She calls from her. She goes and grabs the phone. She's literally on her cell phone calling the burn unit in Kansas City and saying, I have a patient that needs to be seen emergency right away. They're like, 8 a.m. first appointment Tuesday morning. So I bring my now 21 year old then he was what 20 he was 15 couldn't even drive yet so I'm driving to the, the hospital and because I'm driving they can't dope me up on anything and they're cleaning my wounds and I'm just streaming tears <clears throat> and there's my son see, I'm a, see you're making that face and my son is in the cross the room crying because he's never seen his mom no child to see their parent like this ever. And, um, well, it just, it just hit me. And so they got me in first thing in Wednesday morning for, uh, to do a cadaver skin. And, um, so I went, I went in, came back out. It was, it's 24 hours. It was temporary just so they could, you know, decide what they're going to do next, what's the next steps are, and they could evaluate the burns and everything like that. Well, they said that my hand will heal the rest of the burns with the, you know, um, the stuff they gave me will heal, but they had bad news for me. What they thought was just a silver dollar burn, you know, like the, have you ever seen a silver dollar? How big I, they are? I, I get that. Okay. Well, Cause you're so young. You've never seen that <laughs> silver dollar coin. <laughs> what, what, what turned out to be like a silver dollar coin, imagine probably, I don't know, four quarters, you know, kind of put on top of each other there um, or overlapping each other, turn into a five inch third degree burn because which could have been um, prevented had the ER doctor sent me to the burn unit immediately. So what happens was when your skin doesn't get, you know, um, taken care of right away and cleaned up, it will continue to eat the flesh. Mm. And I know that sounds disgusting. I apologize for your listeners, but that's what happened. And so, yeah, so five surgeries in nine months, the first two surgeries were within 24 hours. And so, yeah, and it was a lot. And so, you know, that's, so that, that coaching package that I did in the following September kind of saved my business. And then I wrote an article on LinkedIn when LinkedIn had LinkedIn Pulse, which they don't have anymore. It's called newsletters. Um, they had topics and you could talk about topics and every month they had a hashtag. So I wrote about productivity hacks and that got featured in LinkedIn tips and landed me a five figures in coaching landed me that new client that ended up being my client for three and a half years. And my LinkedIn blew up. It blew up because people followed these topics and then they get notified that your article has been featured, whoever's following. And then they go read your article. I had thousands of people connecting, uh, requesting to connect with me. I had tons of messages. One of my posts got like over 2000 comments. It was great. It was great. And that saved my business for a while. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I haven't turned back from LinkedIn since it has been, it's, it is, it's been quite the savior. It's unlike any other social media platform out there. Trust me. Yeah, for sure. Well, awesome. Tell us about, um, if there were one or two people you could meet right now and they could really, this can be a specific person or a type of person. 
and they can help you take the next step towards really taking your coaching and making it into a group model and also creating those passive income streams, who would they be? And how already, they I'm in the marketing space. I already know who those people are. <laughs> you just got to buy their $30,000 mastermind. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Everybody has their dream 100, right? Yep. Um, but I'll tell you who I wanted to meet always, but never could because he's not alive. <laughs> this man right here. Ah, Napoleon Hill. <clears throat> yep. Love this book. You know, it's been sitting on my, um, on my end table by my bed for 20 years. I hadn't picked up this book in 20 years. I just kept dusting it every week. <laughs> And you can tell this paperback's a little old because it's yellow because <laughs> it's been 20 years. Um, and I just started reading it again and it's phenomenal. I'm like, this is a book. It needs to be read every year. Oh yeah. Every single year, you and know, it's not twice a year. <laughs> it's not twice a year. Yeah. Um, I think one other person, um, I got to go see him speak and I got to shake his hand in Springfield, Missouri several years ago when I was kind of in the real estate thing. And that's Zig Ziglar man, he was awesome. Just loved Zig Ziglar. If, if Zig was still alive today, I'd pay the $30,000 just to have him train me. It, trust me, it'd be worth it. it. Would That would be tenfold, yeah. you know, and, and I totally respect the man. I mean, he was still speaking and selling from stage well into his eighties. I yep. think almost literally till the day he passed. That's the, that's the kind of person I want to be. You know, you keep reinventing yourself and keep moving forward. You know, um, I think the minute that you decide to retire and sit on the couch and watch Netflix and eat bonbons, you die. You got to keep moving. You got to stimulate the brain and stimulate your body. Got to keep moving. That's how you live a long life. Absolutely. I completely agree. Awesome. Well, we're running a, a bit short on time. Uh, so I'm going to skip some questions and we're going to jump right to your story. And then I have one more question for you after your story. So, okay. Tell us about the LinkedIn story that we briefly talked about. Oh, that story. Okay. So I recently connected with a gentleman on LinkedIn that shared with me. He came to me because I connected with him on, on a campaign and he wanted my help. Um, unfortunately, he's not new to LinkedIn, but I use that one cool little filter in Sales Navigator looking for brand new people on LinkedIn because I'm going to drive them to the online course, right? Which always has upsells for additional coaching and, you know, help and whatnot. Um, and he started a conversation with me because everything's for, it's always a conversation. It's not, I'm not selling anybody. I'm just, I, if they connect with me, I go to their profile, I find out something cool in there that I like, I ask them about it, and you just start a conversation, just like you would if you were sitting next to somebody at the sports bar watching the game, yep. right? And he told me that he hired a service overseas that got his LinkedIn account banned, not just suspended, but banned, and he had 15,000 connections. And he only recovered about 2000 before they banned him. And now he's only got 600 connections on LinkedIn and has to start over. Now with the new limits that LinkedIn imposed earlier this spring of only hundred connections a week, not hundred connections a day, like people were abusing, 
how's it going to get to that 15,000 back? And you can export your connections in LinkedIn. You don't have the email addresses anymore. They stopped that in November of 2018, but you can use other services to, you know, enhance those and, and you know, find business emails of your connections. Um, or you just code them individually and look up their contact info in their profile. And a lot of times that's not even their business email anyway. So you'd still want to enhance those. But now he has to start over. Look, you get 15,000 connections. Can you imagine if, you know, let's just say 50% of those were good prospects? Yeah. Yikes. So that's a what not to do on LinkedIn. Do not hire an outside service, especially overseas, to do your stuff for you. They're using automation that violates LinkedIn's terms of service. And I'm going to tell you right now, I use automation very, very sparingly, very sparingly. Um, I only use it to send out connection requests and to send out messages to my first connections in bulk. That's it. Everything else is done manually by hand. I reply to everything and I have an organizational system that helps me do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And if you have like an internal team to help you out, make sure that you have a, B, a VPN. Um, you know, LinkedIn, LinkedIn knows. They know your IP address. They know when you let, let's say you're working in California because that's where you live, that's your offices or your home is, and that's where you're logging in all the time to LinkedIn. And then you're coming to Kansas City all of a sudden and it notes that IP address. It's going, LinkedIn's going to ask you, is this you? We're going to send you a verification code in your email to make sure that this is you. So they're tracking you. They're tracking all your activity and where you're logging in from. The only difference I haven't seen it yet is if you're on mobile in one place and you're on a laptop in another. I don't think they can quite have got that figured out yet. So like I have some clients that are done for you clients very sparingly. I tell them from this time to this time, do not log in to LinkedIn. And that way, because if you're logging in from Seattle and I'm logging in from Kansas City, LinkedIn is going to go, hmm, something screwy over here, right? Yeah. So got to be really careful with that. That's the one thing that LinkedIn has tried to crack down on for years. The LinkedIn's idea with LinkedIn is it's all about building relationships and everybody should be in charge of their own personal profile. They understand that there's admins for company pages, but it's all about your personal profile and you should be doing the marketing yourself. But come on, we know if you're a Fortune 500, Fortune 100, Fortune 50 CEO, you may have a profile, but you're going to have your secretary or an internal marketing team logging into your profile, doing some of your stuff for you. Come on, LinkedIn. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah. Like, even if you're just making a few million dollars a year, you're not in that fortune, you know, pack, you're still busy, right? That's why you've hired staff to help with your marketing, right? Come on, LinkedIn. But I understand the reasons for it. They don't want it to be abused. And that's what happened. Gotcha. 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 Well, awesome. The last question I have for you is requires a bit of pretext. <laughs> okay. So you know how there are people who have a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help, not willing to accept change, and they live their whole life like that. Sometimes they die like that. Other times people change and have that growth mindset, willing to accept help, willing to accept change. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that change? And I must say, I'm going to be quite frank with you. I think we all have a little of both. 
I think we are fixed, have a mixed mindset on certain things because we have strong opinions about something, right? But then we might be open to other things because, you know, we're more flexible. Okay. But here's what I really think. I really think just like with, you know, interventions with addicts, addicts aren't going to change because you tried to intervene. Addicts will change because they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I think that's the same with entrepreneurs. When you're sick and tired of your situation, you will change. You will open up your mindset. You will open up, you know, yourself to opportunities. You'll be opening to listening and you'll be opening to taking advice where you don't feel like it's criticism. And I think that's when you change and grow as a person and as a a business owner, as an entrepreneur is when you are ready. And sometimes you're just not ready. You may have the dreams, you know, I want the, you know, the $500,000 house, which here in Kansas city, that's probably a $5 million house in California, (laughs) in Los Angeles. Right. (laughs) Or I want the, um, you know, I want the Ferrari or I want the Aston Martin or I want it. Well, was it, what are you going to do to get there? You can dream all day long, but dreams don't come true until you set a plan of action and then you take action even if it's imperfect action every single day, fail, fail forward, fail forward fast, but take action, you know, track what you're doing, test the things that you're doing, tweak what you're doing and keep moving forward. You know, look, I can be a coach all day long and I can teach you the ins and outs of LinkedIn, what's working today, what's not. But at the end of the day, it's your clients, it's your message, it's how you're approaching them. I don't teach people how to close. That's Grant Cardone's program, not mine. I teach people how to generate leads, build their brand, and you know, set themselves apart from their competition. Yeah. I do that very well on LinkedIn. Um, but all that, you know, it you, as an entrepreneur, us coaches can help you when you're open and ready for it and you're ready to take action and implement the things that we're teaching you. Um, but you're still going to find and run into situations where you're going to, you're going to hit a wall. Right. But don't let that stop you. Right. I can't teach you every situation that's going to happen online because I don't know. I don't know every situation that happened online. Why do I have some clients that are hitting home runs and their profiles aren't even done yet? And I've got clients that their profile has been done for months and they're not doing anything because they're not taking imperfect, consistent, everyday action. And they're like, well, it doesn't work. Well, it's not working because you're not working. You're not working it. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, that's where it's at. You have to be ready. Your mindset has to be ready. And no one can tell you when you're ready. Only you can tell you when you're ready. I love that. Awesome. Well, on that note, is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Uh, I could talk about LinkedIn all day, but I'm not sure your listeners want to listen to a two hour podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for coming on the show. How should people contact you? LinkedIn? Oh, absolutely. Tracy Enos, that's spelled E-N-O-S, Edward, Nancy, Oscar, Sam. 
And they can also go get, oh, I have a 30 point checklist and my 2018 book, which is a little out of date, but the whole first chapter is about your profile. And some of the content stuff's really good too. We're rewriting version 2.0, look for it in 2018. Um, they can go grab that at the ultimate I need your name and your email and you guys will get those little bonuses there. And then, um, oh, trust me, that 30 point checklist is gold. It's really gold. Put a lot of work into it. I'm about to go get um, it right after this. <laughs> Timmy's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hit you up after this on LinkedIn because I want a recommendation. So, um, and then, um, you know, they're welcome to also email me at Tracy at tracyenis.com. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Tracy had to say, you loved what she's doing, make sure to contact her. Go get that 30-point checklist transform your LinkedIn profile and transform your business. Thank you guys for listening. As we always ask, send this show to one to two people you know need to hear this message. Shoot us a five-star review on iTunes. And Tracy, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Demi. Had fun. Yep. And we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.